0: Hi, this is Joel Rosenberg with another podcast from Washington, D.C. I have spent the last few days uh, at the American Israel Public Affairs uh, Committee Conference. They call it the Policy Conference. The organization is often known by the uh, abbreviations APAC. The APAC Conference is uh, the largest Pro-Israel conference on the planet. Uh, more than fourteen thousand pro-Israel activists from all over the United States and from around the world were there. Of course, it's mostly Americans. It's actually mostly Jews. There are there were several hundred evangelical Christians uh, that were attending. Uh, there's been an outreach by the APAC leadership over the last seven or eight years or so, and uh, they've reached out to me among others and. Uh, and I've been attending occasionally uh, when I can. Uh, and uh, But I have to say, this was an impressive conference, and it comes at a time uh, where things have been very uh, strained, let's say, between the government of President Barack Obama and Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu. I've described these strains, and uh, at one point it really seemed like a train wreck, Things have improved, uh, I would say, significantly, at least relationally, uh, you know, over the last few years, uh, and by that I mean there's not outward uh, hostility, uh, but there is still a, a great strain. And um, uh, the- you know what? One of the things that's been interesting uh, to be at the conference was to see how rapidly APAC has grown. Certainly, the conference attendance has grown. Um, uh, Even just a few years ago, uh, my wife and I attended their uh, Monday night gala dinner where they bring congressmen in and uh, members of uh, the diplomatic community and Prime Minister Netanyahu spoke. That was a few years ago. That was 7,000 people. Now, just a few years later, uh, the organization, uh, at least the conference, has more than doubled. Why is that? Well, I think one of the reasons is that uh, AIPAC is doing a good job at reaching out to different segments of the pro-Israel community. Uh, They have a Latin American, uh, sort of a Hispanic outreach. They have a Christian outreach now, uh, started about seven years ago, um, African American outreach and so forth. And so I think, to some degree, you're just seeing uh, more people mobilized uh, than ever before. However, I think the much larger... Uh, issue is that there is a deep concern among Americans who do love Israel, love Palestinians and, and believe there should be peace as well, but, but Americans who identify themselves as being distinctly pro-Israel, who are concerned that there be a secure, healthy, robust U.S.-Israel relationship, a uh, growing number of Americans are, are deeply concerned that, that, that those ties are fraying uh, that, there, that, that the strain between the Obama administration, between President Obama and uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, uh, that those strains are, are serious. They're real. It's not some sort of you know, media hype or uh, some sort of uh, spin or whatever. This is, people can see that this is a real problem. Uh, they see uh, President Obama uh, pushing Prime Minister Netanyahu to uh, make, uh, a deal uh, with the Palestinians, for example, that not, not all of them think is, is wise. Um, the American Jewish community, the American pro-Israel community, is split, admittedly, on whether Jerusalem should be divided, for example. Uh, many are adamantly opposed to Israel's capital, uh, Jerusalem, being divided to create a capital also for the Palestinian state. Um, but but there are many who would say no no that's fine don't give you know don't give the Palestinians all of Jerusalem but you know some neighborhoods a portion something so that's a split but again many uh, American pro Israel activists are are, um, are strongly opposed to dividing Jerusalem Prime Minister Netanyahu himself began his uh, keynote speech on the last morning of the conference Tuesday morning. By saying he was breeding, being, bring, sorry, bringing greetings from Jerusalem, the eternal undivided capital of Israel and the Jewish people. Well, this brought an enormous uh, eruption of, of applause, a, uh, Netanyahu's second standing ovation in, in in just a few first seconds of the conference of his speech. So, uh, so this is a, a dividing line. The Obama administration is pushing hard that Israel would roll back. Uh, to the 1967 borders um, and uh, give uh, the Palestinians uh, the territory that they had, uh, or that Arabs controlled, uh, that Jordan really controlled up until 1967, to create a Palestinian state. Uh, some support that, uh, but but many do not. And again, that's an area of tension. So there are tensions in the uh, Netanyahu Obama relationship. Uh, vis-a-vis the peace process. But there's also uh, tremendous tensions uh, between um, Israel and the United States uh, over how to handle the nuclear showdown with Iran. And this this uh, you know, was, uh, I think, particularly on display during the various speeches by um, Obama Treasury Secretary Jack Lew, uh Obama's uh, President Obama's uh, Secretary of State John Kerry and other Democrats who uh, spoke at the conference uh, and were warmly welcomed, um, but they were making the president's case. And the president's case is that the interim uh, nuclear deal for six months with Iran is a good deal, a solid deal, and is, is, uh, is helping stop Iran from getting closer to nuclear weapons. Now, other speakers, both from the, um, the platform and, you know, in the general sessions, as well as at various breakout sessions that I attended, uh, were strongly opposed to how the president is handling uh, the interim agreement. Uh, and uh, some of the reasons are that the interim agreement uh, with Iran allows Iran to continue to enrich uranium up to 3.5%. Uh, it does not require... Uh, Iran to dismantle a single uh, centrifuge. Iran now has some 18,000 uh, centrifuges, some of which are 15 times faster uh, than the older models, and uh, and, and so uh, and, and Iran is amassing an amount of enriched uranium that, according to um, Congresswoman um, Ross Leighton, uh, who is the chairwoman of the uh, uh, the subcommittee on Middle East. North African um, Affairs on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, she says that uh, Iran now has enough enriched uranium for four nuclear weapons, while another nuclear expert um, who was on a panel with the congresswoman says it's actually, um, Iran has enough nuclear material for six to seven nuclear warheads. So this is a huge concern. And um, and these were issues that were on display, but Netanyahu certainly got a very warm uh, response. Uh, I would say that uh, I mean, he, I basically lost count of how many uh, standing ovations he received. Um, I've put the full text of his uh, remarks and as uh, well as the video uh, from C-SPAN of uh, that prime minister's remarks uh, and other coverage and analysis and links to articles uh, on the weblog. i would encourage you to, to go to read the speech watch the speech and, um, and let me know what you think you can certainly tweet me or post something a comment at our epicenter team on the facebook uh, page and uh, let me know what you think uh, but I was glad to be there, glad to connect with Jewish leaders, with Christian leaders, uh, to hear the speeches firsthand. Uh, I live tweeted throughout uh, those several days, um, and uh, obviously these are these are important issues: uh, the peace process, the, the nuclear uh, dilemma or, or showdown, a crisis with Iran, and uh, we need to continue to pray uh, for a peaceful resolution. But as we see the crisis uh, with Russia emerging. Uh, Russia, of course, under Vladimir Putin, having uh, sent military forces to invade southern Ukraine and occupy uh, the Ukrainian uh, region of Crimea, uh, this has raised all kinds of new concerns that, um, that this, you know, among Democrats, among liberals, uh, as well as conservatives and Republicans, that uh, the president's foreign policy is weak, indecisive, um, and um, is not uh, is not respected around the world it was interesting to see how many uh, Democrats from the front uh, I think of Senator um, uh, Chris Coons of uh, the Democrat uh, Senator from uh, Delaware uh, saying that the American uh, presidency the American people uh, nation or not is not respected around the world right now in part because the president drew a red line against the use of chemical weapons in Syria but once that Red line was crossed. The president didn't follow through with taking decisive action against those who used those chemical weapons. So that has created uh, a lot of uh, concern um, and, uh, and 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 f- fear, anxiety that 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 people don't have respect around the world. Leaders, foreign leaders, enemies don't have respect uh, for this president now. I realize that's a risk of sounding partisan. And by I don't mean to sound partisan. Uh, I, I'm just trying to report what I saw and heard at the conference. It was quite striking that this conference, which is mostly, of the 14,000 people, most of them were Democrats. Uh, obviously, there were a large number of conservatives, uh, conservative Democrats, as well as uh, Republicans, but... Uh, Democrat, uh, APAC tends to be a, while it's a bipartisan organization, APAC tends to draw uh, the American Jewish community, and that tends to be largely um, Democrat uh, and left of center. So again, I'm not trying to make a partisan point. Uh, what I am trying to say is just my observation of the number of comments made from the front and in breakout sessions by uh, people who are deeply critical. Um, of the president, and 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 not because they don't like him, but because they do like him and they don't agree with him. That they are concerned that if the president isn't trustworthy with our allies, uh, you know, in, with Ukraine, for example, and and other allies, can he be trusted to truly defend Israel and and keep this U.S.-Israel relationship solid? Uh, let me stop for there, uh, for there, and uh, I will continue to write and and. Uh, um Talk about these things uh, on the blog and in future podcasts, and I hope this was helpful. Also, just a few weeks left before uh, the March 18th release of the Auschwitz Escape. I hope you pre order uh, your copy either on an ebook like a Kindle or a Nook or, of course, a hard copy. Uh, there are deep discounts as we get closer, uh, but the Auschwitz Escape comes out March 18th, and I'll have more on that very soon. Uh, from Washington, I'm Joel Rosenberg.